You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Now here's Doug Robbins. City Tribe, thank you so much for allowing us into your homes for this worship experience, and I so miss being with you in person. I just want to give you all a virtual hug right now, so I hope you'll receive that. But we could go on and on about the beatdown that our country is taking during this pandemic. Jobs, the stock market, anxiety, and the like. We all know that stuff. We all know that this is one of the most significant events of our lifetimes. However, here's what most people don't know is how to be blessed during a beatdown. This too shall pass, and what you do right now during these days will affect the blessing that you'll experience later on. So how can you get blessed during a beatdown? Well, it's in this simple, transforming idea. To be blessed during a beatdown, be still and practice benevolence. Let me repeat that. To be blessed during a beatdown, be still and practice benevolence. Let me break this down with you. First, be still. You know what God is saying during this pandemic? Well, it's right there in the Bible in Psalm chapter 46, verse 10. He says, be what? Still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so I apply this verse when I'm filled with anxiety and fears, I just get still before the Lord and all the anxiety leaves me. I can focus on all the ways that God has blessed me, all I'm blessed with, my wife, my kids, this church, you, and a relationship with a God who will be exalted in the earth. Now, what is the greatest trait of a leader in a time of crisis? Well, the answer is in that classic leadership book by the late Edwin Freeman, a Jewish rabbi, therapist, and leadership consultant. And his book is called A Failure of Nerve, Leadership in an Age of the Quick Fix. And Freeman says that one of the most important traits of a leader in a time of crisis is being what he calls a non-anxious presence. A non-anxious presence is someone who knows how to be still. And some of you are leading right now and you don't even know it. You're leading your family now. Some are leading a department or a small business that's just trying to make it. Some are just trying to lead yourself right now through this crisis. And I want you to take just a moment to be still Turn off or shut out anything that's distracting you now. Set down your drink or your snack. Just breathe in and focus on this teaching. Even if the kids are pulling at you, according to Friedman and other experts, your ability to focus separately from your kids will actually bring them peace. So the best you can, focus on the screen and let me pray a prayer of non-anxious stillness over us all during this worship experience. Let's pray. If you're comfortable to do so during this prayer, just put your hands out in a position to receive from the Lord. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this worship experience. 
We know that your fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. We know that you're not a God of fear, you're not a God of anxiety, but a God of shalom, peace. And that is what we're praying for, that is what we're receiving now in these moments as we sit still in silence before you. Thank you, God, for the peace that you are imparting to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. A little bit of stillness feels pretty good, doesn't it? And in addition to being still, the other key to being blessed during a beatdown is practicing benevolence. Benevolence just means being kind through actions and generosity. Benevolent action. Look, Christ followers have practiced benevolence during the worst plagues in world history. In fact, author Rodney Stark records in his book, The Rise of Christianity, Many of the different plagues, like the plague of Cyprian in 249 AD, it was a lethal pandemic that at its height caused upwards of five, catch this, catch this 5,000 deaths a day in Rome. That's per day. In the 14th century, the Black Death haunted Europe in just five years. It wiped out as much as half of the population, and many people just fled. Yet Christ followers like Martin Luther and his pregnant wife, Katharina, remained to care for the sick. So according to Rodney Stark, these acts of benevolence catapulted Christianity from an obscure, marginal minority to become the most significant spiritual force in the Western world. Acts of benevolence multiplied the number of Christ followers of Christians. Recently, we've been in a teaching series called you're invited. And we've invited you to become what we call Love Angelus. If you want to catch up on that series and listen to or watch the messages that you've not yet seen, you can go to our YouTube channel, City Tribe Media, or you can go to iTunes and listen to the podcast. But what we've said is that Lovangelism is loving people with heart, action, and engaging them in conversation about Jesus. And now is the time for the action in evangelism, benevolent action. So what do we do now since our wisest action is actually physical distance and many are suffering from lost wages? Well, the answer is benevolent generosity. Now, I want to stop right here just for a minute. And before we go any further, I want you to know and understand that I'll be asking you to give money. But before you tune me out, I want you to know I totally understand that some of you are not making any income, no money right now. And the last thing that we want you to feel is that we're after your money. In fact, later on in the service, we're going to offer financial help to some of you. You also need to know that I'm not talking about generosity because our church finances are bad. Even during this crisis with donations down, our church is solid financially because of faithful tithers like many of you. This is a time that we need God to show up the most in our personal finances. And because of this message, some of you are going to see the miraculous hand of God in your finances like you never have before in your life. So if you'll hang with me, I think you're going to see that our heart at City Tribe is to give, not to take. 
Now, the kind of benevolent generosity that blesses during the beatdown is described in a really great book, and it's called The Blessed Life by author and pastor Robert Morris. And I've known people who are at different places in their spiritual journeys who have read this book, people who are spiritual investigators, new and experienced Christ followers, and everyone I know who reads this book and actually does what it says goes through a significant transformation in their lives. And I believe this so much that I'm recommending that you buy it and read it. And if you can't afford it and you'll actually read it, we'll buy it for you. Just send us a private message in the channel you're watching and we'll send it to you. Now, here are the stories of a couple of friends along with their tribe who've read the book and been blessed. Take a look at Cody and Lorenzo's stories. So about two and a half years ago, um, I got divorced, and when I got divorced, I sort of realized that I had been very hands-off on my finances, and that my ex-wife had done an amazing job, but I sort of wasn't used to handling my finances, and so I moved out, I got a new place, I moved in, and I started tithing again, and so I accidentally started tithing 20%, and by the time I sort of found my error, I just sort of felt God tugging at my heart saying, hey, I want you to keep... I want you to keep your tithe at 20%. And I realized sort of right there that, I, that this was the start of God wanting to do surgery on my heart. And so I had this emergency savings. And the only reason I was okay tithing because I was like, all right, I have that safety net. And I realized now that sort of God knew that I depended too much on it for all the wrong reasons. And then a year after I bought my house, you know, the... Uh, my property tax came in at almost like $100,000 more than what I bought it for. And so my, my mortgage went up just in one month by $500, uh, a little over $500. Ouch. And I sort of freaked out. And, I, and at the time, I thought to myself, well, maybe I should stop doing 20% and go back to 10 um, and sort of make up that difference. And I felt God, again, just saying like, nope, I want you to keep it at 20%. And so I didn't tell anybody about my, my tax bill. And then one day, uh, a week after I got my tax bill, um, I got a phone call from Cody. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, <clears throat> God's been blessed, blessing me, I feel like, more than I deserve. And, um, you know, I had the opportunity to, to buy a property in Tobin Hill. It was one of the first times that I actually felt a prompting. It's like, this isn't all yours. You need to have a partner. <laughs> your partner is Lorenzo. And I'm like, but why? He hasn't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I haven't done anything. (laughs) I had no idea about your increased tax bill at that point, but I gave you a call. I invited you to be a part of it. You know, I asked Lorenzo if, you know, what he thinks ownership percentage should be. And and he says 80%, 20%, 80 to 20% Lorenzo. And again, God's like, no, you know, you... (laughs) 33% 33% Lorenzo, you know, 67% me. And I, I just, and I, I find it very fascinating that that 33% was the exact increase of your tax bill. Yeah. And, and God's like, see, you know, trust me, doubt your doubts, don't doubt me. And that was all prior to, you know, I think the blessed life and both of us reading that book and... Yeah, I think God gave us a little taste of the blessed life before we had the language to it. And I think that story 
was really shocked because I, I, I'm not the kind of person that's ever had that happen to me ever, you know, and I've, I've seen it and I believe that it happens and I know that God uses people all the time. But, you know, that that one phone call, you know, literally was making up the 500 a month that that I that my tax bill had hit me with. And I feel like God was like, now we're going to do the next phase of your surgery. And uh, and I want that I want that savings account. I want that money in your savings account. Uh, because you depend too much on it, you, mm. you depend on it uh, in an unhealthy way, and you and you say that it's because the experts say you should have you know this much, but you're really petrified because you don't know what'll happen. And every and so he would start telling me, I want you to give a little bit to this person here, and this person needs need. And I because I was watching the account go lower, and I was like, oh my gosh. And and so then you know. Uh, we were with Doug and, and every, I feel like every time we were with Doug, he mentioned the blessed life yep. very, very casually. And for the, like the half a dozen times that he did it or a dozen times, we were like, okay, cool. And, <laughs> and then never did anything. And so finally I was like, you know what? He's mentioning this dang book. So, so I went, I, I went to Amazon, I got it and I was reading it one day during my quiet time and I got past the first chapter and I was crying. I stopped, I went to Amazon and I bought 20 copies of the book. I bought 10 for my, for the tribe, um, and then 10 for my family. And so, you know, we, we passed the book out, uh, and, and then you take the book to your work Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it's just another, it's just another rabbit hole of awesomeness. In our next meeting, I pass, we have this conference table. I passed the book around to them, started to share some of the things that we were experiencing it really brought God into the company and made mm-hmm. Lockwood, you know, a faith-based God-first company. And some partners and I were having really big differences, one of which I thought about parting ways with. And that book had such a profound effect on him that not only is he tithing, but um, it's almost reconfirmed his faith in God and he doesn't have a home church. So every few days when I walk into my office, there's a check on my desk. It says his name on it, 10% of, of literally income that I don't pay him that is generated through baseball and another organization. But since he doesn't have a home church, he puts city tribe on it every time. (laughs) To me, it gave us the ability to put him first and, um, we lead every meeting with a prayer. We end every meeting with a prayer. The individual that now ties, um, where I come inside the office and he has a check there, said, you know, I think we should change our volume revenue goal to a tithe goal. So literally, as a company, we don't, it's not about how many sales, how many properties. It's about, well, how much are we, have we tithe? Are we going to be able to tithe this week? And so all this time, you know, Cody's companies. You, you see God's hand spreading throughout the company. And I, and I always feel like, and I'm back here clinging to dear life on my savings account, you know, not, <laughs> wanting, not wanting to do anything. And, uh, and, I, and God is still like, I want it. I want it. And so I'm, you know, as the, as the coronavirus and all the things start happening, he starts telling me, I want you to give to this small business. I want you to give to this person. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm terrified. Right? I'm, I'm so afraid. And it sort of cul- culminates in, uh, you know, I was talking to my boss while it was while all of the uncertainty and companies are laying off people, and I and I was on the phone with my boss and I volunteered and I said, "Hey, you know, uh, you've always been great to me and the company's always been great to me, and if I need to, um, I'll I will 
voluntarily take a pay cut during mm. this was going on. And, uh, and he said, I appreciate that. And, and yes, let's do that. And I, and in that moment, you know, I had this really amazing piece where God said, this is actually what the blessed life's about. It's not about what you make. It's not about what your bank account is. It's about your heart. It's mm-hmm. about what are the things that motivate you. And I think that this is what this book, the, the power of this book and why I think we love it so much is that it's just not about money. Right. It is about God wants to use someone to help some people. He wants to use you and me and everybody watching. And the question is, can he use you to help someone? In recent years, one of the areas of my spiritual life that God has been stretching and growing is this area of benevolent generosity. The Blessed Life book is one of the significant tools God has used to help me on this. And if you read this book, you're going to see three practices of blessed people. The first one is the principle of the first. Blessed people put God first because when God is first, everything else comes into order in your life. This is true in every facet of our lives. The first thing I look at on my phone in the morning is my Bible app because I want God to know that he is the first waking thought that I have. I don't always do it, but I'm trying to. And this is certainly true with our money. Look in Proverbs 3, 9. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now, married ladies, let me ask you a question. Who's the most important woman in your husband's life? Well, as you know, it should be you, shouldn't it? By the way, ladies, did you ever hear the one about the elderly husband who never prioritized his wife? One evening, the elderly husband said, honey, I'm so sorry that I didn't, uh, that I oftentimes didn't put you as first priority in my life. How did you manage to stay so calm all these years? She said, well, when you made me feel marginalized, I would always go and clean the toilet. And the husband asked, did that really help you? She said, yes, because I always used your toothbrush. (laughs) So men, have you ever wanted to hide your toothbrush? She said, yes, because I always use your toothbrush. And any of you men, uh, probably like me, want to make sure that your toothbrush is in a secure location. And if wives feel that way, I suppose God feels the same way about being first priority. Now, if you've strayed away from God or never truly followed him, if there's ever been a time to start putting God first in your life, now is the time because God is in control of much more than just your toothbrush. Since God is in control, the Blessed Life book tells us, don't rob God. You don't want to rob the guy that's in control of everything. Anyone ever have your identity stolen? Maybe some type of credit card fraud? Well, some Christ followers are currently committing spiritual identity theft. How are they doing it? Well, look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me? But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, 
and try me now in this. Some translations say, and test me in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be any room to receive it. And all nations will call you what? Blessed. See, this this passage teaches us that blessed people tithe. Now, the tithe, in case you're new to Bible language, it just means 10%. God is a God of equality. So he makes it a percentage rather than an amount because God wants everyone to be able to contribute. So people of every income level can donate 10%. Another truth we see in this passage is that blessed people bring the tithes into the storehouse. Now, Malachi's storehouse is now the local church. Look at the language that Paul uses to describe donations to the church in Galatians 6.10. He says, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. Now, a lot of households, many households include a wife and a husband. So let's say that I'm going out of town for an extended period of time and I left money with some people to take care of my wife while I'm away. Then I get home and find out the people didn't use the money I gave them to take care of my wife. They just spent it. Well, how do you think I'm going to feel? I'm going to be angry. And the Bible teaches us that the church is the bride of Christ. So how do you think Jesus feels when people don't take care of his wife, the church? You know, one of the greatest investors of the 20th century is Sir John Templeton, and he said, I have observed 100,000 families over my years of investment counseling. I always saw greater prosperity and happiness among those families who tithed than among those who didn't. This quote is not from a pastor, but a great investor's observation over a period of many, many years. And this is why Malachi said that you can even test God with the tithe. Over a long period of time, you'll see his blessing in your life. Now, remember how Malachi corrected people for stealing from God by not bringing tithes. They were also stealing from God by not bringing offerings. Tithes is one thing, but offerings is another. You might say, well, how does not giving an offering above and beyond the tithe rob God? Because I thought if I tithe, I'm good to go. Well, here's the deal. The tithe brings a regular blessing in your life, doesn't it? An offering above the tithe brings what's called a multiplied blessing. And God really doesn't need our offerings above and beyond the tithe because he already owns everything, right? So how can we rob God? Well, according to Robert Morris, the only way that we can rob God is by denying him the opportunity to bless us. God is a giver, not a taker. And just like there are times when parents want to bless their kids, but they can't because the kids don't do their chores or misbehave, in the same way, God wants to bless his kids, but he can't do it when we disobey. You know, my wife Jeannie and I have always tithed, and we've been what I would call regular blessed. And there have been some times where we've given above the tithe. But I want to go beyond regular blessed. 
I want to experience multiplication kind of blessing in my life. And I have some friends here at church that are far more generous than I am. They really challenge me to grow to the next level of generosity. And during this current crisis, I would tend to keep a tight grip on my personal money. But God has been prompting me to grow in generosity. So a week ago, Jeannie and I were compelled to give above our tithe to one of our favorite restaurant servers since he was losing much needed wages without being able to earn tips, right? So we planned to give him $100. So I asked him how he wanted the money. He said PayPal. So I went to my PayPal account to send him the $100 and check this out. To my surprise, somehow, some way, someone had credited my PayPal wallet with guess how much? (laughs) You got it. $100. And I sensed that God had something to do with that. And after we sent the $100 to our server friend, I went back and checked my PayPal again. And guess what? Someone had credited my PayPal account $300. Offerings above the tithe are multiplied. So we gave away all $300. The real blessing in that experience was not multiplied money, but being a conduit of God to a single mom with a special needs child who received some of that money. And since schools have been closed, she couldn't go to work since the child needed special care. And the true treasures in the kingdom of God are not, it's not just money, it's people. And that mom and that child are the true treasures treasures, and we're blessed during a beatdown because we've been a part of God's provision to that precious little family. And so here's what I'm asking you to do. Three things. Number one, tithe first. If you're not making any money right now, take a guilt pass. But if you're still earning income, you know what to do first as a first fruit, first priority. But number two, If you're on hard times right now because of this crisis, you're losing income, those who need assistance apply here. This is for those who are regulars at City Tribe Church and those who know someone from City Tribe Church. And look, don't let your pride get in the way of receiving some help from your church. Don't rob God and don't rob this church from the opportunity to bless you. So just go to citytribe.church slash benevolence. We'll put it on screen, and we hope to raise enough money to help everyone in need. But that's going to be determined by number three. Designate a benevolence offering above and beyond your tithe. Please don't divert your tithe to benevolence. We don't want cursed money here at the church. We believe Malachi. We want blessed money here. Now, there are three ways to donate. If you're mailing a check, write two checks, one for the tithe, one for benevolence, and mail it to the address that you'll see on screen. If you're donating online, just follow the instructions. That's the easiest way to do it. If you're donating by text message, it's very simple. You just send two text messages. One, you type in the word tribe space the dollar amount, and press send to 74483. You use the same phone number for a benevolence offering. You text 
benevolence space the dollar amount 274483 and press send. And what I want you to know is I'll go first. If Jeannie and I aren't willing to set the example, we shouldn't expect you to give or donate anything. And so we sat down and prayed and asked the Lord what we're to give on this offering. And the thought came to mind that I believe is from the Lord was the next paycheck we tithe first and then we give the other 90% to the benevolence fund. Now, in case you're not good with percentages, that's the whole paycheck that's going to be given away. And I can assure you that even though we're not independently wealthy, we're going to get by. And we're going to more than get by because I believe that God is going to give us a multiplied blessing. But even if he doesn't, I'll know we did the right thing. And you know why it's the right thing for Jeannie and I? This pandemic is one of the most significant events in our lifetimes. And history and our children will look back on this event to see how we responded. And I want to be on the right side of history, just like many of you do. But the more significant reason for me to want to participate in this offering is because Jesus took a beat down on the cross for me. And we have the opportunity to be blessed today because Jesus took a beat down for us. And perhaps some of you just joined a watch party or a friend invited you to experience this teaching today. And what we want you to know is that God is a giver to you, not a taker. And what he wants with you the most is love relationship. And you can receive him right here, right now, sitting in front of that screen or listening on a podcast. Just pray something like this to God. Just bow our head and close our eyes. And you might just say, God, look, I know I've sinned and made mistakes in this life, but right now, I'm choosing to believe that when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he took the penalty for my sin so that my sin would no longer separate me from you, God. And so, God, I welcome you into my heart, into my life now. God, as we continue to pray, we're praying for everyone in our congregation that you would protect their physical health, that you would restore their finances and lost wages. And those of us that are in a position to do so, we're asking you, God, to, by your spirit, speak to us a number, give us a thought, a picture, or a word about how we're to participate in this benevolence offering. And God, I'm praying for the people of our church as they reach deep to serve and love others during these days that you would bring a multiplied blessing on their lives because we know that they're hurting people that matter to you and they matter to us and we want them to experience your provision through us. And we pray that this all happens to your credit, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. And dear brothers and sisters, I hope you'll receive this benediction over your household now. If you've got people next to you, just reach out and join hands with them. Dear brothers and sisters, as you walk 
from this streaming worship experience. May you be a people who know how to be still, be a non-anxious presence in order to give benevolent actions and benevolent generosity that we may see the multiplied blessing of our Lord even during a beatdown. You guys have an amazing day. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.